With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at MiamiDade.gov slash PlasticFree305. everybody this is rams up your favorite la rams podcast you can also follow us on youtube our youtube handle is at la rams up hey we're not insiders here we're just rams fans that love talking about our la rams i'm your host mark let's get to it Welcome back, Ram fans. Mark from Rams Up here. Episode 203 of Rams Up. And the doldrums of the NFL season are upon us. A little bit slow on the news side as we await for training camp to begin later on this month. And those doldrums are actually facilitating some really interesting rumors and opinions, shall we say. Just so many of them that we just have to struggle to disregard and I'll get to one of them by our friend Mike Lombardi here in a second, which you've probably all heard about. Wanted to let everyone know I am on threads. Lots of chaos over at Twitter. Minimal presence there anyways on Instagram. I've got the YouTube channel going. Joined threads. You can find me at ramsup underscore podcast. Give me a follow. Would really appreciate it. I ran across an article on CBS Sports that highlighted the most underappreciated player on each team, 
And as I'd like to do for most of these stories is before I read it, before I check the content as it relates to the Rams, I come to my own conclusion on the topic at hand. And my conclusion was the most underappreciated Ram is Jordan Fuller. And CBS Sports nailed it. They came to the same conclusion, the safety who has been hurt so much ever since that game against the 49ers a couple of years ago where he had to leave the game and the Rams gave up that late lead. Haven't seen much of Jordan Fuller, but man, he is a good safety. And I'm going to argue at this point, you know, people saying the Rams defense is going to be generationally bad. Our safety group might be better than it was last year. Let me ask you this. Who would you rather have back there? A fully healthy Jordan Fuller along with Russ Yeast or Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott? And you know what? I'm not even sure what the answer is at this point, but I'm very content with our safety group right now. I think we're going to be pretty good on the back end. Now back to these rumors and stories that have been percolating. A couple coming out of Mike Lombardi I don't know what's with this guy. He's right there with Mike Florio as far as strange stories about the Rams. He goes off about the Rams' pitiful prospects for this year, citing how poorly they played last year. Did not mention the offensive line once, however. He said he reviewed the Rams' roster and identified just a handful of players that they could count on moving forward. They have 40 guys that have essentially zero experience in the NFL Who are the guys they can rely on? Well, Rob Haverstein, Joseph Notebloom, and Vaughn Jefferson, along with Cooper Cup. Hey, he got Cooper Cup's name right. I thought I struggled with names. Lombardi messing up three out of the four. Didn't mention Aaron Donald and didn't mention Jordan Fuller. And that's the problem with some of these national so-called experts. They have agendas. Lombardi has been criticizing the Rams for years, and now he has a vested interest in seeing them fail, and he's just going to keep on ranting about how bad they're going to be. It's more of a hope than a true, legitimate assessment of where the Rams are right now. The other thing about these national writers is they're not really educated about all these teams' rosters, the situations they dealt with the prior year, players coming back from injury, what type of injury they're coming back from, who stepped up, who didn't. I guess what I'm saying is they really don't know what they're talking about in a lot of cases. Talking about the Rams prospects, not once mentioning what happened to their offensive line last year, talking about how poorly Stafford played before he got hurt, not mentioning that he had zero protection playing behind a bunch of second stringers, and also saying Cooper Cup, is coming back from an ACL injury. It was his ankle, Mike. And also, again, regurgitating this story that the Rams are trying to trade Matthew Stafford. So it's official. Mike Lombardi has joined Mike Florio, Rodney Harrison, and Terry Bradshaw on the Mount Rushmore of Ram haters. It's so obvious. And these guys, it's really disappointing because they're intelligent. They've been around the league a long time. But they should also be professional and unbiased in their assessments, all four of these guys, incapable of giving a fair and unbiased assessment of our Los Angeles Rams. And I'll call them out every single time. I think I'm going to have a new feature, Ram Hater Alert, which I did actually on YouTube. I had a little short on the subject. That's going to be just a fun thing I do moving forward. 
like I said, slow news, slow news day in Ram's world, and that's probably a good thing. Just a lot of nonsense across the internet and social media, and that's why we are going to continue with our player focuses. That's coming up again in a second. Took a different approach this time. Hopefully we'll all learn a little bit from it. from Rams Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Continuing our player focus features, I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. Instead of focusing on one offensive player and one defensive player, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I am going to focus on one position group, three guys from one position group on defense, three defensive linemen. Next week, I'll come back and do the same for a few guys on the offensive side, a particular position group that are competing for roster spots. But on the defensive side, I thought it would make more sense to focus on a few guys that may more or less be competing for roster spots. And along that defensive line, it's pretty interesting. Now, if you look at ESPN's first shot at the Rams depth chart, and I know it's probably inaccurate in more ways than one, but they have starters along the front as Aaron Donald, Bobby Brown, and Kobe Turner. Backing up Aaron Donald in order, Marquise Copeland, Laurel Murchison, Mr. Irrelevant Deshaun Johnson. I pronounce his name differently every time. After nose tackle Bobby Brown, you have Teron Vincent, and that's it. And the left defensive end backing up Kobe Turner, Jonah Williams, and Ernest Brown. And what's interesting about this group is it's fairly light. We lost Greg Gaines and A. Sean Robinson, both well north of 300 pounds. And in this group, Bobby Brown coming in at 324 at nose, backed up by Teron Vincent at 300 pounds. And the next biggest, Laurel Murchison at 297. Then you got a bunch of guys in that 275, 280 range. The rookie Kobe Turner coming in at 290. So that would be my biggest concern about this group. And maybe that's an avenue for Teron Vincent or maybe Laurel Murchison to make this team. This episode, let's take a look at three defensive linemen who are probably competing for roster spots, kind of the bottom of the roster, actually. Deshaun Johnson, Laurel Murchison, and Jonah Williams. We'll take a look at some of these other guys another time. Teron Vincent. Ernest Brown. Ernest Brown, by the way, someone advised me after I posted my cut down day episode that he was running with the ones at minicamp. So maybe he's not up for discussion. Maybe it's a done deal. He's on this roster, but it's awfully early. We'll get back to him on another episode. This episode, let's talk about Murchison and Mr. Irrelevant Deshaun Johnson. Murchison coming in at 6'2", 297. Played high school ball at East Bladen High School in North Carolina. Has a twin brother named Farrell. I hope it's pronounced Farrell, not Farrell. Laurel Murchison. Farrell Murchison. That would be a very confusing household. Farrell played halfback on that high school team. Murchison began his collegiate career at Lewisburg College. Very productive there. Honorable mention, junior college, All-American. His senior season with the Wolfpack, 48 
total tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, seven sacks, two passes defended, and two fumble recoveries. So he really got on the radar of the scouts based on that production, and he was selected in the fifth round of the 2020 draft by the Tennessee Titans. Had an elbow injury that held him back his rookie year a little bit, but over those two years with the Titans played in 21 games, just 13 tackles to show for it. He was waived by the Titans right before the 2022 season, got on the practice squad for a bit, and then was waived again. And the Rams, after all those injuries on their front line, claimed him in December, played in three games, including that 51-14 win over the Broncos, in which he had two sacks, should have had three. I'll get to that a little bit later. Let's look at his NFL draft profile. Lance Zerline gave him a 5.97 rating, meaning he had the potential to be an average backup, which I think is what he is. If you read the scouting reports on him, one thing jumps out, rarely gets put on the ground, stays on his feet, Equally impactful against the pass and the runs, he will contribute in all facets. He also got kudos from several profilers as a guy that never quits. Also versatile, can play multiple spots. And that's a recurring theme among the Rams recently, versatile guys. One recurring knock as well, lacks quickness. So he really relies on his motor and effort and staying on his feet. Guy that's very difficult to put on the ground. With the Rams last year, in that Bronco game, he had 16 snaps. In the Charger game, 24 snaps. And against the Seahawks, 14 snaps, but also got in on nine special team snaps. I took a look at some highlights of him on his first sack against the Broncos. He's lined up over the right tackle. The right guard slides over to pick him up as well. And Bobby Brown slips inside. Murchison loops around him. Don't know if it was a design stunt, but regardless, Murchison was in on Wilson in a flash and trips him up for the sack. His second sack once again lined up over the right tackle, this time with Floyd outside of him. He dips inside and splits the center and guard and is in on Wilson once again very quickly. Three different linemen get a chip on him on that play, but none of them get enough of him to slow him down. And he gets the sack. Later on in that game, he's lined up at what looks like a three technique between the left tackle and guard. So he's on the other side now. Holds up well, but Wilson scrambles for a first down. There was a play in the third quarter where Bobby Wagner blitzed and flushed Wilson left. Murchison had been lined up over the left guard and tripped up Wilson, but they awarded the tackle and sack to Michael Hoyt who really just did the cleanup there, should have been a half sack at worst for Murchison, which would have given him two and a half sacks in that game. You can look up that play at 346 left in the third quarter. You be the judge. Who who deserved the sack on that play? And by the way, that Bronco game, boy, did Cam Akers look good. Next, let's take a look at a forgotten man along the Rams defensive front. 6'5", 275-pound Jonah Williams. Williams graduated from high school and then served a mission in Seo Paula for the Latter-day Saints. Did not enroll in Weber State until December 2015. A four-year starter there, finished his career with 194 total tackles, 28 tackles for a loss, and 15 sacks. 
understandable that it's actually difficult to find pre-draft assessments of Jonah Williams, but what you do find will tell you a couple of things. One, very athletic, ripped, muscular, looks the part of an NFL defensive lineman. Also, age a little bit of a concern, 24 years old at the time of the draft due to that post-high school mission, and also lacking in playing time against major college competition. Went undrafted in the 2020 draft. Rams signed him. He was waived on September 4th, 2020, and joined the team's practice squad. The following year, he made the Rams 53-man roster, played in eight games before being waived on November 2nd. Vikings claimed him, but he failed the physical there and returned to the Rams practice squad. Let's look at his snap counts over last season. He finished with 341 snaps, but by week nine, the most snaps he had received in one game was nine. That was against Carolina. He had a bunch of games with three snaps or less. And then, starting in week 10, an increase from 24 to 57 to 56 to 66 snaps. And then it tailed off a little bit at the end there, 36, 32, and 40. So in those three games that Laurel Murchison also played in, Williams got a few more snaps than him, but not by a significant margin. But how were the Rams using Williams? Well, Murchison was typically playing over the right tackle or just inside the right tackle. Williams was typically used as a two technique or just inside the guard. So he was used a little bit differently than Murchison. I actually didn't see them on the field a lot together. And in the snaps I watched, he seemed to be holding his own, but not <clears throat> but not making many plays. He finished the season with 11 tackles and a half a sack. The last guy I want to talk about is Mr. Irrelevant, the defensive lineman out of Toledo, Deshaun Johnson. And we talked about him quite a bit post-draft, basically focused on each of these draft picks. So kind of rehashing some of this, I'll go through this rather quickly. Mr. Irrelevant is 6'3", 275, three-star recruit out of East English Village Prep in Michigan, played in 11 games as a true freshman at Toledo, suited up for 12 games in 2019, and then in 20, he was a second-team All-Mac selection in 2020, and again in 2021, and a first-team All-Mac pick in 2022, led his team in Tackles for a loss with 16.5, also had 5.5 sacks among those in 14 starts. CBS Draft Scouting Report, they gave him a 72% chance of starting in the NFL. It's higher than I expected. Called him an undersized interior defender who makes up for it with a quick first step. Being undersized has trouble shedding blockers in the run game. Had a missed tackle rate of 17.2% last season. He did not look out of place, however, in their game against Ohio State. What did NFL.com say about him? Tremendous pound-for-pound strength. Great first step. Weaknesses, again, difficult shedding blocks in the run game. Lacks the ideal mass to hold up on the interior in the NFL. Lance Zerline giving him a 5.85 rating. Very close to what we saw for Laurel Murchison. That same term comes up for Johnson, versatile. He played up and down the defensive line for Toledo, 
lining up as wide as a five technique and as far inside as a nose tackle. Don't see that happening in the NFL. Maybe a two technique, possibly, but more likely a three or five technique. Even saw him called out as an edge by some draft profilers. But he's probably going to be a defensive end in the NFL where he would compete directly for a roster spot with guys like Lorel Murchison and Ernest Brown. So what conclusions can we draw from all of this? Well, let's look at this defensive line group as a whole. Well, I consulted my occasional guest, Tom Courts, on this, and he says their ends have been very consistent in the number of defensive linemen they've carried active and on the 53, and that number pretty consistently has been six. So let's start with assuming the Rams carry six defensive linemen. Now, Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner are no-brainers, and I think we can also write in Bobby Brown and Marquise Copeland. Now, some folks are a little pessimistic about Bobby Brown's potential, the ability for him to really contribute to start on this defensive line. But remember, he's our only big body The only guy that can realistically be plugged in the middle of this defense, hold up at the nose, short yardage situations and the like, Bobby Brown coming in at 324 pounds. Teron Vincent at 305 pounds would be the next guy up at this point. So for argument's sake, let's count those four guys in. Room for two more. And the three guys we just talked about, Jonah Williams, Laurel Murchison and Deshaun Johnson all competing for those two spots. The other two guys, Teron Vincent, another big body. Is he going to make this team? You think he has only an outside shot, but he does have a shot because he is north of 300 pounds, and that's an advantage for him when you look at all these other guys. And then there's Ernest Brown. This is a guy I have been discounting because the Rams have clearly been unwilling to to get him on the field. But then someone chimed in after I posted my 53 that Ernest Brown was running with the ones. Mentioned that earlier. Running with the ones at minicamp. So if Ernest Brown makes this team, you got one more guy that you can squeeze in on this roster. Teron Vincent, Laurel Murchison, Deshaun Johnson, Jonah Williams. And it's probably going to be the guy that can hold up against the run, the best. And I'm not going to even take a guess at who it's going to be, but but don't be surprised if none of these three guys we talked about today make this team. Probably going to be one of them. Two, not likely. I would go so far as to say as all three of these guys have a better shot at the practice squad than they do at the 53-man roster. But I still like Laurel Murchison. I think he brings a little bit more flash and bang to the defensive line can make a few more explosive plays than Jonah Williams. Williams maybe holds up in the run a little bit. Deshaun Johnson, we don't know what we have there. Really don't know what we have with Ernest Brown either, other than the fact that the Rams appeared to be leaning his way at minicamp. Again, Teron Vincent, though, if he doesn't make this team, who's backing up Bobby Brown? Who's playing that nose position when the Rams are trying to slow down the opposition's run game? Next week, we're going to look at three wide receivers who all may be competing for a final spot on this 53-man roster.
that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Bonsai by Vans in Japan. And Crimson Fly by Hamama. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.